Hey everyone, it's Joe Batanz from RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. I'm starting the show a little privately because I'm going to tell you something. So I had something to do last night. So I wasn't around to record part two. So, but I, you know, I told Taylor, hey, I'll jump on for like the first, it's supposed to be two minutes. It turned into 20 minutes. We had, guys, we had the greatest conversation. We talked about fisting. We talked about orgies. It was insane. This conversation was so insane. By the way, it started as, I was just going to give some announcements. I'm going to give you those announcements right now. But we started off as announcements, and it turned into a 20-minute discussion about fistings. And then I had to go somewhere. So I come back from my event, and when I do, I realize that I, which is so funny, because we had rec- we had sound problems on Taylor's end on Sunday, and I was like, or Saturday, and I was like, Taylor! Taylor, make sure your sound's good. You know, it didn't sound good last time, and I had to do all this stuff, and there was a lot of room noise, and he was like, okay. And then meanwhile, I didn't record my voice. So the only thing that was left was uh, just nothing. There was no sound. So, um, but luckily, I, the good news is actually that I had to go somewhere. If, if, we, if I would have done the whole show like that, Oh my God, there would have been so many problems, but there weren't because I was only there for 20 minutes. So, and then, the, and then Taylor and Rodan took the show from there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, after these announcements, just start from the show from where they took over and they did the looks and they did the emails and all that stuff. But I have a couple of announcements. One, I want to talk about the gold bar. As some of you who follow us on Facebook and Twitter may know, there was drama with the Gold Bar episode last week in that the person who I recorded the Gold Bar with asked that I not release the Gold Bar episode. Couple that with there were some scheduling problems with people. Like, I would love to talk to listeners. It, it was fun doing the show with Alex Lefebvre, right? But the problem is you guys aren't podcasters. So there's sound issues where like you guys don't have mic, you guys don't have professional microphones or anything. Um, and there's that. Then there's people who have scheduling issues because podcasting is your life. So you're just trying to fit in this funny thing. But like, I need to get a show out on the air. And then three, you know, once you actually talk on a show, you realize, oh, maybe there's things I've said that I don't want people to know that I've said that. All of a sudden, your privacy becomes an issue. So we're keeping the gold bar around, but we're redoing it. We're reconfiguring it. Uh, again, those of you on Facebook and Twitter might know that I on Saturday night, just I was bored, I did an impromptu live show. So I'm going to tell you this. Big announcement right now. The Gold Bar is going to be released on SoundCloud still, but it's going to be taped live. It's going to be a live stream of the Gold Bar, and it's going to take place immediately after the West Coast premiere of each RuPaul's Drag Race episode. So that means... This Friday at 9.05, bitch, you got to give me five minutes to to finish watching the show and then turn on the computer and do all that. At 9.05 at pride48.com. Go to our Facebook page. Go to our Twitter. There'll be a picture, a photo of instructions of how to listen. But I also encourage you to join the chat room. Those who joined the chat room the last time we did the live show, the impromptu live show, will say it's a lot of fun. You get to talk to other Drag Race fans. For the most part, I'm interacting with the chat room. And then we will release those episodes on the SoundCloud. So if you can't make Friday night at 9.05 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, or 12.05 a.m. Eastern, it will be released on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash drag race recap. Where also I should note, I repost, you know, some of you may know this, some of you may not, every Monday at 12, at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, I'm on Sirius XM Radio Channel 105 Entertainment Weekly Radio with Larry Flick on live, on one-on-one with Larry Flick. We recap every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, they, Entertainment Weekly Radio reposts that episode on SoundCloud and then I repost it on the Drag Race Recap SoundCloud. So if you ever want to hear me on Sirius XM, Subscribe or go to our page at soundcloud.com slash drag race recap. That's where you can find the gold bar episodes and all of my appearances on one on one with Larry Flick. Um, so that's the gold bar announcement. So once again, if you want to remember this, I'm going to have a ton of announcements on this on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure and follow us on Facebook and Twitter 
to remind you. Otherwise, just remember, Pride48.com, uh, 9.05 p.m. Pacific, 12.05 a.m. Eastern. Joe Batanz giving his first response to the episode right after watching it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Now, obviously, there is a Patreon announcement. I am like you. When This American Life or NPR does one of these kind of bullshit things, I'm always like, switch the channel, go to the other NPR station, go to the, you know, like, I leave, right? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sweeten the pot. I still have Rodan and Taylor's audio from when we recorded about the fisting and the orgies and all of that, Okay. There's going to be a huge Patreon discussion at the end of this episode. So after this episode over, stick around. There's going to be a Patreon.com pitch. It's going to be a long one. I'm going to go and yell at you. I'm basically going to yell at you. But interspersed with me yelling at you about Patreon, I'm going to explain, maybe I'll even manipulate the sound so that Taylor and Rodan are saying things I don't want to say. I'm going to do a lot of shit with this Patreon sound thing. That'll be at the end of the episode. And so that's that's your little reward, your little nugget for hearing me about Patreon.com. But I will say this. This is a big announcement, and I'll give the big announcement here up front. Is Taylor and I have talked huge, huge, huge reward for anyone Anyone who donates, whether it's a dollar or $30 a month, anyone, as long as you are a patron of the show, if we hit our goal, which, by the way, we're almost at our goal already, so it's, this is not a far-off thing, and, all, and remember, and this is going to be in the longer pitch, all we want to do is keep the lights on. We're not trying to make money off of this. This is literally just recouping the money that we've put into the show, okay? The actual dollars. Not even recouping our hours. The actual dollars we put in the show. Once we get that, once we hit our goal, here is the reward. After this season is over, okay, after season nine is over, Taylor and I are going to do a new season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. That's right, a brand new season. And you guys have asked for this. We are going to recap a previous season. We are going to recap season six of RuPaul's Drag Race recap, we're going to treat it the same way we treat every RuPaul's Drag Race episode. Same season, episode by episode recap. And that season of RuPaul's Drag Race recap, the one covering season six, is for patrons only. Now, if you've already donated, you're in. But if you want to hear this whole season, donate at patreon.com slash drag race recap. A dollar on up, you get access to the season six RuPaul's Drag Race recap. Okay? You know what? I kind of feel like I've done the pitch. I've, I've done the pitch. All right? Uh, now enjoy the episode. So what we do normally this time is we toot or we boot the looks. We talk about them a little bit and then we either give it a toot or a boot. So this week we are kind of like Raja and Raven. So you can decide which one you are. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about right now? I, I kind of know about Raja and Raven, but not enough to be able to. Did you watch their seasons? The seasons no. two and three? No. They were really good seasons. So that was that was season three is where we got Manila Luzon who's one of my all-time favorites, but okay. So, as we said before, the looks were naughty 90s, not naughty 90s, as we thought before. <laughs> and first up... That is, would have been some grunge. That would have been some grungy <laughs> 90s, some oversized Tweety Bird t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> first up this week, we have Pheromone, who is in a marabou-encrusted, or whatever you want to call it, fringed uh, sheer uh, robe with some white bra and panties and pink hair. So do you give this look a toot or a boot and why? I'm giving it a toot. Uh, mostly, well, I think it's giving us a lot of Courtney act, but uh, I still like it. I think it's her best drag that she's done since she's been on the show. Okay. So, because I've not been impressed with her 
girl look or boy look since uh, she came on, and and I like this. Yeah, I definitely give this a two too. I thought she was, especially as I think she might have been the first one out. And I remember actually going, ooh, like, I mean, where she, I got yeah. that, she looked very pretty, very girly, very, very fishy, and I like it, so I would give it a toot as well. Uh, next up is Alexis Michelle. Alexis was doing some very Rita Hayworth with the hair in a long floral Blanche Devereaux robe and had on a bustier and panties with some thick thighs. Uh, I would give this look a toot as well because i love alexis michelle and i kind of like that she's a little full figured in the bottom half i don't know why i like that but i kind of do and i love the hair and makeup i that is something that while her fashion choices aren't necessarily always my favorite from the neck up she's she's really beautiful so i give her a toot rodan what do you say uh i'm mixed on this right i love everything but the panties i love her thighs i love her makeup i love her hair I love the bustier. I'm okay with the Blanche Devereaux '90s realness, but or '80s realness. Yeah. But the the panties just really kind of ruin this look for me. It just feels very thrown together. So I'm still giving it a toot, but just a very quiet one. We call that a toot with reservation. Okay. Yeah. But that's so. that's that's a reserved toot. And I don't think she pads. I think that's her ass. Well, and I I find her I love I love her drag and I love uh, I, you know I think he's cute as a boy, except for I <laughs> it, his haircut annoys me. Well, with because... the with the weird big bald spot in the back, but then we've got kind of a comb over, but a comb over that goes forward. Yeah, it's it's, it's a little odd, but it's like it's like the gay comb over. It is it is strange <clears throat> to me, <laughs> but it works in most angles. But when you get a side of you know it's yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, she's got, she's, she's got a, she's got it, she's got it. So she's got yeah. a Rodan ass and I'm saying that uh, yeah. as a compliment because you've got a big butt. So I but, got some childbirth and hips. Yeah. But all right. Next we have Aja and she's wearing red again with Marabou, uh, Marabou fringe. And I, I have thoughts, but I, do you give this look a toot or a boot? I'm going to start with the boot on this one. I liked it when I saw it live the first time. The second time I saw it, I was a little less happy about it. And then now when I look at the picture, I hate it. Okay. Absolutely hate it. Okay. Looking at the pictures and watching it the second time, is that watching it specifically on Untucked, it can't help, I can't help but be reminded of my father's funeral. And here's why. Oh, Jesus. One of the things that the family picked up for the funeral as far as flowers was something called a bleeding heart. Have you ever heard of this before in funerals? Uh, I think I have actually. It's a, it is a, it is a heart shaped floral arrangement. And there is always like weird, like ribbons and stuff, red ribbons that like hang yeah. from it. It's real greaseball Italian kind of, it's just not something. I wasn't aware of what it was until I walked into my father's funeral and actually reeled when I saw it. I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? And that's what this look reminds me of. This is a huge boot for me. I, I don't like it. And not just because it reminds me of my father who's passed away. <laughs> Uh, see, I mean, I liked her makeup at first when I first saw it, but then on Untucked, and it got up close in this picture that's up close. It's, again, sad clown. And then it looks like she's got uh, wash rags taped to her chest. And uh, it's just, no. just not a good look. Okay, so next we have Valentina. And Valentina is serving very Fredericks of Hollywood with some mm. with some very naughty lingerie, very, very tiny bikini cut. Actually, we wouldn't even call it bikini cut bottom. It's just something that kind of covers her Merkin area with <laughs> thigh highs and she's got great red hair. I loved this look. I thought that she... I, I'm definitely leaning more towards liking Valentina a lot this season and looks like this definitely go along with me. I give this look a huge toot. Very much enjoyed it. Rodan, what do you say? Uh, this is also a toot reserv reserved for me. Um, with some reservations, just I love the look. I love the makeup. Someone taught her some crazy good makeup skills. Yeah. I mean that that is those are some really good skills. I hate her eyebrows, and her eyebrows distract me so much that every time I see her, I think boy in a dress or boy in a wig. Okay, and it's become so distracting to me now that that's all I'm seeing. Okay, 
Okay. Uh, so next up we have Shea Coulee. <clears throat> and Shea is got a platinum blonde wig on and is serving very Renee Zellweger realness with her 1920s inspired Harlem. She, she when she was describing it, she described it as as Harlem, um, the, the Harlem Renaissance look from the 20s. So, Rodan, what do you think of this look? I love this look so much. So, definitely a toot for me. I, if it's like Moulin Rouge fierceness, I just, I thought of, uh, uh, I just, I love the outfit. I love her makeup. This is one time where I think her eyes work. Okay. Like, I'm not, like, she does the same eye makeup over and over again. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it really works well with this look. And I just thought she definitely was the best runway for me. Oh, so she was your favorite? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I give this look a toot. I want to. I don't want to say a toot with reservation because that's when I'm really on the fence. Because I do like this look. I am not a fan of the necklace, the choker necklace. Oh. And I'm not a fan of the the wide straps around the ankles. It mm. kind of makes her look or makes it makes her uh, calf muscles look a little thicker, whereas they could look a little bit more tapered. But as far as the the idea behind it and the story she gave with it, I really liked it. So in that regards, that's why she gets toot from me. Cool. So next we have Sasha Valor, who came in with I don't know what the fuck you would call this, but she it was she was a white and pink ensemble with pasties and crazy freaky blonde hair and a neon candelabra. She was behind the camera candelabra. I fucked up my own joke. Whatever. So <laughs> this look is a enormous boot for me. I am not a fan. I'm not a fan of the boy chest with nipples. I, I want. I Thank w- you. I want the shading. I want that kind of stuff. And I get that we're kind of gender bending and we're like moving beyond what this is expected. But between the hair and the fact that the candelabra was neon colored, it kind of looks like a throwback to the first week Meet the Queens when she was doing the Representing New York. Like, she kind of had this extra prop and she didn't know what to do with this. She brought this out. Plus the fur collar. The whole thing, to me, is just not my favorite. So, you know, boot for me. Rodan? I'm also boot because I hate the boy chest. I, but it's almost like if it hadn't been for the boy chest and the weird nipple things, I could have gone with this outfit uh, like been happy with this outfit if she would have worn kind of more of traditional bustier. I'm just trying to think of uh, no situation do I like that kind of boobs out look. Okay. Yeah. Let alone boy chest look out. <laughs> Her wig reminds me of Kim Carnes. Do you know who Kim Carnes oh, is? Oh, yeah. Who is, I can see that. Who is Kim Carnes? I don't remember what she's from, but I know the name and I remember kind of, I have a visual picture of her. She sang a very famous song in the early 80s. Oh, I don't know anybody who sings songs. Uh, she sang Betty Davis eyes. Oh. Yeah, but this hair was this hair is giving me Kim Carnes. So. <laughs> so, next we have Trinity Taylor who is in a similar Fredericks of Hollywood look as Valentina with crazy teased out brown hair and I I want your opinion on this first. Okay. I'm going with a toot. Okay. But it is such a qualified toot. <laughs> a qualified is- toot. You have given us a new phrase. A qualified toot. Okay. Why? Because it, it feels like she's doing like a Miss U- like the lingerie portion of a Miss USA pageant. Okay. <laughs> Sponsored by Fredericks of Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and this kind of speaks... I almost don't... There's part of me that wants to talk about this now, but there's part of me that doesn't. Okay, you and I grew up as little gabies going to Florida gay bars. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. Is she not looking so Central Florida drag queen with this, with the hair and the makeup, (laughs) and especially the lip sync that we're going to talk about later with the crazy eyes and the throwing her hand out and all... Everything about this screamed tracks on a Thursday night in 1994, and I <laughs> loved it. This is this is such. A, I mean, she, she she looks like a whore. I'll, I'll give you that, but she, yeah. a refined whore, and that's really kind of important. <laughs> Huge toot for me. I loved everything about this. She looked like a slutty superhero, and thumbs up. 
<laughs> when she did her, I don't know if we talk about the lip syncs later, but when she did her lip sync, and I, she's relatively, she's an older queen, right? Because she's in her mid-30s. I think so, 30s. yeah. Well, she says 32, but I think we all know that, <laughs> yeah, you know. But uh, a lot of the queens in Louisiana, like, have, like, knee and hip problems. And, you know, they're always doing, like, fundraisers to get, like, hip replacement <laughs> surgeries. That's the saddest thing that's ever been on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But she, she's like the way she threw herself down on the floor. I'm like, yep, she's gonna need new knees soon. <laughs> she better win that hundred thousand dollars, okay? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. So next up, we have Peppermint, and Peppermint came out in a big old mess. Um, she came out in a <laughs> lace kind of nineteen, definitely. She she was naughty nineties in her mm-hmm. top, which is that weird lace overlay over a hot pink silky t-shirt like a long t-shirt i don't know and this this i love peppermint i will say this i liked her hair mm, yes that's about the only thing that i liked on this look i i thought her makeup was really harsh in the center with like like the 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 shading where it was like almost where she had this like she looked kind of like a like a reverse raccoon because she had like was her eyes were all yeah. white and then it doesn't go with her beautiful complexion for her skin so this was this was this was a disappointment for Peppermint, so I give this look a boot. What do you say? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm on the same boat. I'm I'm a boot for this. Um, I think that she looks uh, ridiculous. She just absolutely looks ridiculous in the outfit. The makeup. I just think most of the queens this season don't quite have a good idea of lighting, um, and they're kind of still doing club lighting versus kind of television lighting. Okay. Okay, so next we have Charlie Hydes. And Charlie Hydes is wearing a very is wearing something very sheer uh tied robe and uh with some lace and a gray and I want to say it was almost like maroon flowers uh a a, a onesie, not a onesie, that's the wrong word. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and very, very tall stiletto heels. And uh, I, Rodan, what are your thoughts on this? I, I mentioned it on part one. I mean, she looks like uh, Meryl Streep in Death Becomes Her in this outfit to me. Looking at this picture, now I, <laughs> that's all I can see. That is all I can see. Yeah, she looks very Madeline Ashton from Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Um, I think given. Her, she is a lady of a certain age. I would get, so. Would you give it a toot or a boot? Um, I'm actually giving it a toot. I thought she looked great. I mean, I, she did have a bit of you know sacrificial lamb <laughs> in her eyes, but the makeup's good. The outfit's good. You know, just because she's going to slaughter doesn't mean she didn't look good doing it. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I would give this. I would give this a toot as well. I. I, I would. I, I would give it a... Yeah, I'll just leave it and I'll give it a two. Actually, no, I won't. Okay, at the end, at one point... if Because they went through the videos really, really fast. Which I hate. Which, hate, yes. Hate, hate, hate. But if you went to the Logo TV website, they they slowed them down to where they had the commentary from the judges and RuPaul and all that oh. kind of stuff. And I will say this. And this is probably... A, I, I, okay, I'll, I, I don't need a disclaimer. I'll just say it. At one point... They focus on her ass as she's walking back down the runway. And she had an old lady ass. Like, it was just <laughs> not becoming... It was, like, like the worst angle they could have done for her. Because she does look pretty from the... Because Meryl Streep is very pretty. So she looks very right. pretty from the neck up and everything. But it was just the, the angle that they did it on. It, it did not do her any favors in that regard. So... Not, ah. not, not the best. But at this point, she's gone, so it doesn't really matter. But next up, Cynthia Lee Fontaine, and Cynthia Lee Fontaine is trying to do a Storm meets Victoria's Secrets model in a black leather uh, bustier and a Sarah pair of black silk panties with white patent leather thigh high boots, white gloves, and wings. So I. If they were doing superheroes, I would totally give this look a toot. However, it's not. And looking at this picture in particular, the the her the the pants are askew. The panties are askew here, 
and it's not it's not very flattering. So I'm gonna give this look a a, a boot. Actually, it's it's not my favorite, it's, especially because it's kind of this weird like leather. It's this combination of leather, but then you've got the weird like sort of Victorian white hair, and the, yeah. I, it's just not it's it's just not my favorite look. What do you say? Um. So I. You know, I realize she's kind of going for Victoria Secrets Angels look or whatever, you know, bad angel. <laughs> so, you know, I get that it kind of fits the challenge. And so I this honestly, this is the best thing I've seen her do. I don't like her in general. Uh-huh. Um, she disappoints me quite a bit. So you're not crazy for her. Cuckoo. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm saying a toot, but it's because it's one of my favorite things she's done. Okay. But I see your points. Yeah. All right. Next up is Eureka, who is wearing a pink patent leather uh, corset with pink thigh-high leather boots. And it looks like it has a little bit of fringe on the panties. And then she has where she took a scarf or shawl and used that to wrap her breasts. And she's walking around with a cat of nine tails. What do you think about this look? Uh, I think she looks good for it. I'm giving it kind of a toot, but I also think she looks like Winona Judd in a bondage room. So, so Winona Judd, <laughs> you know, Winona Judd's into some freaky shit. Yes, but I'm assuming most of that has to do with Twinkies. So, <laughs> okay. Because you and I are in such peak physical form, we can. Hey, I, I am not fat shaming. I'm just saying she spreads twinks on her men and just, you know, slap. That's what she uses as lube. Now, that's funny that you think that she puts Twinkies on men. So, um. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I would say this is boring and I don't like it. And it doesn't help that I'm not liking her as much right now. So I would give this right. like a boot. Did I ever say toot or boot? I don't think you did. I'm I'm giving it a very quiet toot. A quiet so. toot. I've been in the room with you when you've given quiet <laughs> toots before, and they're not fun. <laughs> I mean, I give her credit for the number of spanks she had to put on to make this work, make this look work. Wow, so. you are bitchy. Whippy, get, get, get you going. All right, last up is Nina Bonina Brown, who was wearing a pretty significant breastplate. With yeah. a corset and those crazy hips, and she had a kind of a Day of the Dead sugar skull makeup thing going on with big black X's over her nipples. Uh, what do you think of this look? Oh, I hate it and love it all at the same time. So I I am giving it a toot with reservation because the breastplate has to stop, right? I mean, this exaggerated look, I realize it is very much her look, but... I think she's worn bigger ones than that since she's been on the show. And it just, it's almost to the point where it's distracting. Maybe also because they use that breastplate in the uh, in the challenge for the week. And so just seeing it kind of always around just kind of disappoints me. I I feel similar to you with many parts of this. I think that I am going to give this look a, okay, I give the look... It's a qualified toot. I give the look a toot because it is, it's different. Uh, It's it's kind of, it's, and I know this is ridiculous for, you know, a gay guy talking about drag race. It's kind of vulgar in some ways. However, it got got your attention. It's something we're talking about. That being said, I think that's the first time we've said this this episode. That being said. Do something different with the makeup. I'm sick of the crazy where we paint stuff on our lips and we do something to where we stand out, but not necessarily in a good way. I want to see a pretty look from you. And this is, Mm -hmm. we got an email from somebody that I'm going to respond to in a little while that talks about that. But I I just, I, I want, I want fish and this is not giving me fish. This is giving me. This is giving me rotten fish because she looks like a zombie. So that's <laughs> it's just not my favorite. So and I like I really like her, right? I really really like her. I just want to see to what you said. I want to see a fish look, a more um, kind of a, a I don't want to say a basic drag look, but I want to see something a little bit like you said, more fish, more um, everything. I say is my head is offensive. 
<laughs> more so than I already am. No, but I think okay. Well, can, but, can I try to pull you out of this? Yeah, I Thanks. think I appreciate that. I think a basic <laughs> drag look would be a challenge for her in a good way. Yeah. I think I think that for her to come out. It, it, for her to come out like the way Alexis Michelle comes out, and that's not shade towards Alexis Michelle because Alexis Michelle can right. paint a face. If she tried to do something like that, I think it would genuinely be a challenge because if we're constantly doing things where we're covering our face, whether it's with paper or we're doing the Lady Gaga thing or we're making or like a zombie and everything, we're trying to hide something. Yeah, you know, which I understand with drag that that's a whole thing. But I mean, I I, I think that accentuating the best parts of her face. And it would be could be liberating in some ways. So, well, I mean, right now she's a character, not a character, right? And and I I want to see her pull out of that character into being a character that can do a character, right? Who can mm-hmm. be exaggerated and be crazy and do a peach head and boobs out and those gigantic hip pads. <laughs> you know, I want to see someone who has that range. Yeah, who could do the show. Well, I, well, hopefully, I, I have a feeling she's going to be around for at least a little while longer. So we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get a chance to see that look. I have just grown to calling her Boniva. Boniva? <laughs> Nina Boniva Brown? <laughs> just Boniva. Just that's Boniva. That's shorten it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's the runway looks for this week. Okay. So here we go. Our first email this week is from Brad Hunter. And Brad says, hey, guys, love your podcast. Keep up the great work. I wanted to ask your opinion on Charlie's decision to throw the lip sync. Personally, it left a bad taste in my mouth. It gives me the impression that he wanted to complete the show on his own terms. And when things didn't go his way, he just decided to quit. His excuse of not being a lip syncer and mentioning the fact that London Queens perform live sounded very condescending. This is season nine. There is literally no excuse to get on the show and not be able to lip sync for your life. I'm sure he meant well and simply felt it was his time, but I've lost a little respect for him. I thought that a comedy queen like himself would have had a lot more humility and try to go out with a bang. Kind regards, Brad from Australia. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the lip sync. Um, It was Trinity versus uh, Charlie and... We had an ex- we had where they did a Britney Spears song, right? It was I want to go, yeah, right. Yeah. So, which is definitely a song that invo- that can involve a lot of dancing. And rather than move around, Charlie stood completely still. And I saw somebody, or I think it was on the show, that somebody talked about that it was the equivalent of the old lady standing telling the kids to get off her lawn. <laughs> yeah, I think whereas, it was on the show. Right. Whereas you had Trinity, who was flying around like that f- 90s Florida drag queen that we were just talking yeah. about before and was gave an amazing performance. I think we can both agree, it, whether it was, whether I was waxing nostalgia or not, it was fun <laughs> to watch her and actually painful to kind of watch Charlie and, and have where the other queens are. You could hear them screaming at her to do something. So I'm curious yeah. what your thoughts are. I, I mean, I, I, one, I enjoy Trinity's performance quite a bit because, you know, she's a Southern drag queen in the style that we grew up in. So certainly that's enjoyable to me. I was initially of the impression that Trinity was, would have beaten anybody up on that stage for that lip sync, right? Anybody who would have, she would have gone against Gambit corrected me. She said, there is no way if she's good against Charlie, she would not have been that impressive against everybody else, which I, I, kind of take a little bit of an issue with but well who does he see who does gambit think that he would have she would have done better than or would have done better Um, than her i think uh he thinks that shay would have done better okay um and that he he said at least half the queens would have done better and i was like oh okay okay (laughs) but uh charlie i i i totally agree with uh brad's letter is that he the way he gave up was an excuse i mean you have to know how to lip sync for your life. My understanding is that they get some prep on the song, and it's more than just the uh, the you know kind of right before the episode. The little iPod so, shuffles that they still have in the back office from World of Wonder yeah. that they use. <laughs> but uh, you know, so I'm expecting that you know you're gonna give it at least some kick off the heels, walk around, be crazy. You don't have to do je- death drops or fall to your knees and 
break a hip or anything, but you should at least try or at least give the illusion that you're trying. Well, and th- th- my first thought was the heels. I thought maybe, you know, yeah. those heels were crazy. Yes. So maybe she didn't want to try to walk in those. But, you know, she had the comment of the, the lip sync where she didn't, you know, if I have to lip sync, then I'm just going to go home thinking that, you know, very Bianca Del Rio, that Bianca never had to do the, never had to lip sync through the entire show. But also there was rumors that she was talking about that she had a cracked rib or something. So she didn't want to dance around, which I don't get because a couple of yeah. days before they were doing cheerleader shit with her. Right. So I mean, um, unless that's how she hurt herself. Well, but I would think that there would have been some discussion of that because when Eureka did the yeah. flip during the cheerleader, she talked about that I popped my knee and I still got up and I still I just kept going. I did so I would think that that would be a storyline that they would want to do for Charlie as well. So, yeah. So the whole thing it's just there's just something about it that I mean, I wasn't necessarily always a huge fan. I didn't like her in the Meet the Queens thing, and she was somebody that I went up and down with, but I, I would agree that she sort of ended on sort of a and it sounds yeah. like she's done that 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 has been a taste that has been left in a lot of viewers' mouths. Yeah. So Ugh. But I hate that Britney Spears song. Of all the Britney Spears songs they could have done, that is one of my least favorite Britney Spears songs. Oh, I, I mean, I like that one. It's not my favorite, but I like it. So, I, 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 I want them to do Hold It Against Me. That, that, I love that song. That is a oh, song. Oh, yeah. On the rare occasion now that I do go to the gym, that is almost always a guarantee on, my pl- on the shuffle when I hit shuffle for my, for my playlist. <laughs> and at some point, I get looks from guys because I'm like throwing my head around <laughs> and everything. I like to think that I'm on stage in Vegas. Which that you whip your hair back and forth. Mm-hmm. Well, right now my hair is so friggin' long I could do that. Yeah, I I I can't wait to get my hair cut. You have no idea. Um. Okay. So the next is from longtime listener Jamar, who is Jamar eighty four on the YouTube's, and he writes, "Hey shapeshifters, before I ask my question, I want to quickly challenge something Taylor mentioned last week regarding Nina Bonita Brown." If I remember correctly, he mentioned how Nina gives the same kind of look every week with regards to different characters, and he wants to see some sort of glam look. When, in fact, Nina gave you just that the second episode with her white party look, where she wasn't a character and gave you glam face with pastel hair. So far, Nina is the only contestant where you really never know what she's going to come out looking like on the runway, whereas the other girls are... Predictable. Sorry about it. Ha, love you, sis. Just wanted to point that out. Now, my question is, do you feel it's fair to allow queens to compete who don't do things? Kimora, I don't sew. Farah, I don't sew. Charlie Hydes, I don't lip sync. Then why are you here? It always frustrates me to see queens on the ninth season of a drag show. They know they are going to have to construct something and lip sync and be surprised when they are asked to deliver. Those are skills that should be required to be even cast. Ladies, what are your thoughts? P.S. Still loving the show. Keep up the good work. Now, I want to comment on the Nina thing. Yeah. And by that, I can tell you that Nina has come out as the as the sexy zombie, as we said today. She's come out as a peach. She has come out as an alien. Um, I and she came out as Lady Gaga with the with the red lace over the face. Right. This white look. I can't remember anything about it. No, me either. So that <laughs> I was just of, trying to look on my phone to see if I could find it. Right. So that kind of tells me that if she is doing a glam look, it's not memorable. So, and I want something memorable for her, you know, cause I can, you know, somebody who does glam pretty regularly is Alexis Michelle. Right. And I can tell you pretty much all of Alexis Michelle's looks. And and I know that I know that, that because I am a big fan for Alexis Michelle and I haven't really started, I I do like Nina. I like what she brings to drag, but I just want to I just want to see fishy. I just want to I just want to see fishy once and have it be where I am wowed by it. So I I I don't know if that challenges what Jamar says or not, but that's that's kind of, that's my response to it. When I read this email, I thought I can't remember what she wore. So I'll have to go yeah. back through my documents and see what that is. So, Rodan, what do you think about what he is saying as far as queens that say, I don't know how to sew or I'm not going to lip sync this far into a show that's been on as many years? Well, I mean, I think they cast them a little bit for that drama. I mean, they're not they're not going after 
14 professional long-term drag queens who are well-rounded, they're not really looking for the best, you know, drag queen every year. They're looking for the best contestants for the show every year, which includes a well-rounded mix of skills, right? And so if everyone could sew, if everyone could, it would be a different challenge, right? I mean, so you wouldn't get the ingenue who is just kind of brand new to drag and kind of fumbling through it, but still turning out killer looks. You you wouldn't get that anymore. You would only get, you know, Bianca Del Rio's and Bob the Drag Queens and uh, folks who've been around in the industry for a long time, right? So I think you need that mix of skills. Um, but like for Charlie to kind of be an older queen who says, I don't lip sync, that to me just rings as bullshit. And some of the others who don't sew okay, but you, you knew you were coming on the show, so, you know, don't just rape, you know, uh, uh, wrap a piece of plastic around you and call it a dress. I mean, you should at least have some basics that you know to get yourself out of a jam. So I, I'm a little bit, I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but I think, no, they're not going to find people who are skilled at everything they're looking for, but two, you should at least, if you're going to be on the show, you should at least do some prep work. Okay, yeah. I think that, this is a different type of show in that it is, you know, people that are on Top Chef, which is probably my other favorite reality show. You have to know how to cook. You know, have to right. have to know basic culinary skills of various types to be on that show. On Project Runway, you obviously have to know how to sew. Those are requirements. With Drag Race, it's really about the personalities come first. And then there yeah. is the skills. Whereas I think on those other shows that I just said, the skills that you have to follow a certain number of skills before they even look at you. And then they look at the personalities. This is a little bit different in that they try to get the personalities and the looks, obviously. But then they look at, okay, well, this one might not be able to sew or this one might, you know, not want to lip sync or this one's not good with comedy or acting challenges. But that makes for the drama on the show, you know? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think – I. I because I think um, Drag Race is a combination of Project Runway and America's Next Top Model and, you know, any show with a singing or an acting competition component, right? And so it's yeah. it's a mixture of all those things together. And so to find someone who's got all of those skills, you would not be, you know, looking for people recruiting based on personality and you wouldn't see kind of the, the – it wouldn't be as interesting a show if you got all experts who knew how to do all those things. Well, and I mean, think about it. I mean, another show that's on right now, which is, I mean, I think kind of is similar, is this cosplay show on Sci-Fi. Yeah. The one that they do, which which I know is, you know, and I'm not, you know, cosplay, we've seen some of the queens where they got, like, Dax exclamation point last season. And I would say even Nina Bonina, there's definitely a cosplay element to what they do. But you're also dealing with people on that show that all seem to be at a very high level of makeup and costume costume design and that kind of stuff. So in that regards, it seems like it's the little bit that I've seen of it. It's almost kind of boring. So 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 a show like Drag Race, you're getting the different levels, and that creates for more drama within within the show. You know, and and you can't tell me that they don't occasionally. Just sort of, they, they want to fill the ingenue role. They want to sell the seasoned queen. They want to sell, you know, the, 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 they want to fill the comedy queen. They want to sell the plus side. They definitely have characters that seem to follow them, you know, archetypes that seem to follow them from season to season. So I think that obviously plays a big part in it as well. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, yeah, I understand. All right. So. Our final email of the night, and I, I, I want to say, say, I wanted to save this one. It's, it's a long one, but it's a good one, and it is from Thurston in the UK. And his, the title of his email is "RuPaul's Drag Race Has Gone Fucked Up Dragged." <laughs> so, do you know what that's from? No. Oh, Jasmine Masters from last season or a couple seasons ago. She. Uh, has a YouTube video and she starts off where she says, my name is Jasmine masters and I have something to say. RuPaul's drag race has gone fucked up drag. That's how she starts the <laughs> thing. So. Okay. And then his first line is my name is Thurston and I have something to say. I am almost over this season. Drag race used to be the Aww. perfect mix of competition, comedy, camp and camaraderie. The end result was a production that was unique and special and really stood out. 
it seems to be transforming into a paler imitation of itself. The challenges and runways are bland, and the shade is weak. Is it because of the new demographic they have attracted? Is it because WoW has gotten too big and just wants to sell tickets to DragCon and boost YouTube views and revenues? The tweeny girls and young gays are the ones who live for all of this romper room fuckery. They need to go back to basics and resurrect successful tropes from the past. Remember when they had a killer theme for the opening episode? With outside broadcasts and an epic sewing challenge right off the bat, that shit needs to come back. They need to get rid of two guest judges every week and instead have Rue, Michelle, and Ross so the critiques are more detailed and it gives Rue more time to riff and entertain. Rue needs to tone down the obsession with the ingenue debutante queen. This is her favorite storyline, and favorite was spelled with an O-U. I love that because that's very UK. And it dilutes the cast. It has never... It Also, it never used to be so tribal. Yes, there were references to pageant, pageant and regional drag, That's but that's all they ever talk about now. I couldn't give two fucks about Vegas girls or Florida queens. I just want them to bring it. She also needs to tone down the washed-up 80s celebs and bands that appear and dictate weekly challenges. All right, watch yourself, Thurston. You're getting into my wheelhouse. <laughs> it's self-indulgent, and the show suffers for it. I mean, the B-52s... Thurston, I'm telling you, watch your mouth. They were, they were shoehorned into the cheer challenge and sat at the judges' table like three dementia patients at a care home buffet. <laughs> I have been a loyal fan. I even watched the shit show that was Snoozin' Season 7. I eat up all the tea and shade, and I'm a huge fan of this Drag Race recap show, which, by the way, is the Hunger Games of recap show. Donya, Donna and Daniel Dunn, LOL. Wow, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Joe and Taylor. Keep fighting the good fight and breaking it down. Sorry this was ridiculous, ridiculously long. Thurston from the UK. So... What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I watched in the the first two or three seasons, for maybe two seasons, but I don't remember the queens that well. And then I watched from six on. Okay. So, you know, I'm not nearly as dedicated as some of you guys are, but I, I don't think the show has changed much. I think they always have these types of ups and downs and... You know, a lot of these, a lot of the seasons get better as they go on, and then you remember them better for the whole season. You know, so I don't think this is the first time things have started slow. I would say that there seems to be a VH1 edit, and okay. I don't think it's because they brought on new fans. I think it's because they changed channels, and they're trying to figure out, you know, if they can go long, if they can do other things. To expand out the show, I think like this week's episode should have been probably an hour and a you know hour and fifteen minutes. There's no way you, I think they could have gotten everything in and given service to everything as much as they should ever did um, in just an hour, you know, or forty seven minutes or whatever they get now. So I I, I don't think the show's changed as much. I think this season we're seeing a different kind of reduced. Um, edit and i think that needs to stop and it needs to stop fast okay i would yeah i would say that a lot of the seasons most of the seasons actually in the beginning there's there's so many queens in the beginning and in some level ways it's exhausting it's sort of like where you think to yourself is this season really going to be worth it because there are so many middle of the road queens and as time you know the cream will rise usually and oh. you know we you for every season that you have like season seven, which I think we can all agree was not a strong season. <laughs> We've certainly talked about that a couple of times on this show, but I think you get seasons like season eight or season six. That I mean, season six was such a good season. Oh you know? yeah, and and I mean, I I wasn't a host for that season. You know, I did not like Bianca at all in the beginning. I hated Bianca for the first three or four episodes. And eventually, over time, as you got rid of some of the filler queens, you you were able to focus more on them. And I think we're going to see that with this season as well. Right now, we're seeing a lot of that tribal thing that you're talking about. But as the tribes kind of get picked apart, the group will become its own tribe. And you yeah. will start to see a little bit more of where right now there are very few people I care about on the show. Mm-hmm. And that will change because that happened to me with, you know, 
I would say from five on. Four, it was immediate that, I mean, you had such strong contenders. Four is probably my all-time favorite season because you had Sharon Needles and Latrice Royale and Chad Michaels and Willem was, I mean, all of these really great people on that one. But you also, there were other people on there that you don't remember. There are other contestants that because they eventually went away and you were able to focus on the really strong people. And I think that's what will happen with this season as well. We mm-hmm. just at this point, everybody is so up and down. We can't figure out who the strong ones are yet. Yeah. With, with a and couple I, I, of exceptions. Yeah. I mean, watching Untucked, now that I realize I can get to it on YouTube relatively easily, um, watching Untucked helps flesh out this season a lot. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean – yeah, And I think that what you said is very accurate as far as the editing with VH1, because a lot of things on there, that, there's always like, we call them the mirror moments here. Obviously, we talked about them mm-hmm. the, with the pulse thing and yeah, the AIDS crisis and stuff. They feel more, it feels more after school special right now than it has in the past. Like on Logo, they talked about some pretty significant, not not that the AIDS crisis and the pole shooting weren't, aren't significant, but it almost feels shoehorned in a little bit more than other conversations that seemed a little more natural. That that segment of it right. feels a little bit more reality show than it has in the past, even though we've made jokes about the fact that, you know, it's clear our producer went over and said, so what, this is when you ask, you know, have you ever lost anybody to AIDS? You know, like it... it, it it just feels a little different right now, whereas Untucked, they seem more natural in some ways, even if in the beginning they're kind of prodded to talk about stuff. Eventually, you know, the fact that they're all laying down and they're all just kind of – you kind of hear them talking in the back and stuff, It, I, I like that a little bit more because it fleshes that out. And I think the people that watch Untucked as well as Drag Race are getting a completely different experience than people that don't realize that Untucked exists. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I The mirror moments are an interesting thing for me since I didn't realize just how much of a trope they were before because it didn't feel like they were so utilized. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember one every episode. Oh, no. There's and, one every single episode. Yeah. I really, mean, some of them are slightly sillier, but there's always – because that's how, that's how they pull you in for the dramatic moments for, right. you know, people to get to know you. But it it seems like – well, they weren't. They're not all like you know the voice stories, right? You know, because you know every introduction on the voice comes with the tragedy. Um, so they're not. All, at least they didn't used to be all like tra- tragic stories to me. They, they were character building, certainly, like a conversation at the mirror more so than you know. Th- this episode featured what three mirror moments? Yeah, <laughs> and but almost to the point where I felt like they were almost going that far just to make fun of the fact of the trope because the the queens just kind of kept doing them yeah I, well and so that's, I don't know. that's the thing where i said you know at one point valentina says can i tell you all about my disorder now <laughs> or can i tell you what my di-? which is very like oh you know you know we we have when i do support groups there are people in the support group that are waiting for somebody to say something so that that way they can out tragedy them. Right. Like whatever has, so it's sort of like Penelope on Saturday night live. Like no matter what horrible thing has happened to you, this person in the group has had something that's 10 times worse. So why are you complaining? So it, it it feels like they're kind of, and they're all afraid that they don't know how long they're going to be on the show. So they're all kind of throwing them at you really, really fast. Yeah. So that way they all make sure they get a moment and it's, it's kind of gross. It is, it is, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's just a, an editing issue, or maybe they're like this every year and they just are better editing those down into being more true and honest moments. I don't know, but it just they've gone overkill this 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 year, and I don't know if it's the VH1 edit or just that these queens are trying to fight for the mere moment attention. Well, okay, a perfect example of this would be Aja. Aja, you know. Talked, talk, Aja and Valentina talked a little bit where they yeah. had the, you know, where it was that moment with Valentina that we talked about in the last episode. Later on, Aja was sitting at the on the couch 
in the in on untucked and had a whole thing about being told that she was ugly and that she didn't meet the ideals for drag and all that kind of stuff and right. that was such a at least the perception was my perception it came was, off as more genuine it was so much more genuine than the one that is where we're going to be standing and there's a camera behind the mirror to get the re- it's just it's a it's a completely different show oh it felt like they had to seed that charlie bury your gaze you know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just it felt like they had to get that out this episode. They like seeded it on purpose because it was his last episode. I mean, to the point where it just doesn't feel natural in any way, shape, or form how that got seeded in. Yeah, it was sort of it was kind of an odd. That that's that's a very good point. So, so we kind of got <laughs> way off tangent from Thurston's email, I know, yeah. but I would I, I would say give it give it a little bit more time. I think that what you're talking about feels a lot of us go through that we kind of go through that yeah. like drag race regret that we decided to start watching <laughs> another season but then you just give it a little bit more time and we'll get we'll, we'll all get through this together thurston you just have to just be patient yeah so um i feel like did we get to everything that we wanted to talk about uh i think so see you're you're feeling like something's missing because Joe wasn't here to play music every time you started to talk. I know. Every time we talk about something serious, then he hits the thing. That, that's going to be the new thing for the season, and I, I'm totally okay with it. So, let me tell you something about this Joe Batanz. Oh, I thought that's, that, that's all I have to say. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so, he, he, no, I, I love doing the show with Joe, despite what he says, because this is the only chance I'm going to get to defend myself. And this will be the part where suddenly it gets, it's, it's the uh, please stand by technical issues, which is But I love doing the show with Joe. I, one of the things that I enjoyed about doing the last couple of seasons with Daniel and Joe was that I got to know both of them a lot better. And right. Joe in particular, Joe loves to tell the story about how when he started doing Catching Up with Mike Lawson, how I did not like Joe at all. I did not like the character of Joe Batanz. And I used to <laughs> text message Mike and say, why are you doing a show with this guy? This guy's an asshole. <laughs> so, and Mike defended him. And I, no, no, he's a really good guy. He's a really good guy. And eventually over time. I got to be where, like, you know, I, I, I love listening to Joe and I love doing the show with Joe. So despite him constantly saying that I'm this horrible person and it's not completely inaccurate because there are times as Rodan will attest, I am a horrible yes. person and I yell at people because that's what I do because it's healthy. It's totally healthy <laughs> as a therapist. You know, sometimes you need to convey your feelings with passion and that means screaming. So that's yes, know, whatever. Um, well, thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of like we got to do a pot as my co-pilot because we're not doing pot as my co-pilot this week. Right. Yeah. You know, and one that we got to talk about all the stuff that we wanted to talk about because Taffy wasn't here. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, I can't wait to see you guys this week. I know. I get to see you in a couple days. Yeah. Today today is Tuesday. Today's Monday. Monday. Oh, and I get to see you on Friday. Yeah. And then you get to you get to stand up next to me. While I get married to the crazy Cuban in the other room. Yes. So. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. And and I hope it, I hope there's not all the crazy drama that I'm expecting. I hope it's all uh, okay. smooth. No. Okay. Let me do that. You're expecting. <laughs> Fuck you. No. I will say this. I will say this. Tonight, we, we're actually taping pretty late for, for me. We're taping. It's, it's, yeah. it's about 1130. And I know that you have to go to work tomorrow. So. um. And tonight was the night that we took over a lot of the stuff over to Taffy's house to get ready, including the mm. lights. So oh, yeah. we we hung all the lights in in the house and we hung up some of the art and we put a lot of our pictures up on some of her shelves because we're we're getting married at my our co-host Taffy. She's one of she's my best friend. Um she's my best friend female division. You're my best friend male division. She's my best friend. I wasn't division. insulted. I'm No, I know, but I've known you longer and you and I are like yeah. you know. So I lost my train of thought. So t- tonight, it felt real. T- like all this time, I was oh, just t- I yeah. was just telling our neighbor, I'm like, it just kind of feels like we've just been accumulating shit for like the last seven months that have just mm-hmm. been sitting in our dining room, and now, now, now the shit's been moved someplace else. But it's all been set up in a way that I'm like, okay, holy shit, I'm getting married in a couple days. Like it feels real yeah. now. So it's it's a very nice feeling. So yeah, I agree. It wasn't when we got the license; it was when we saw the hall. For the first time. Yeah. We walked in there. It was like, 
holy shit, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've got, we've got, we'll, we'll, we'll probably post pictures someplace and yeah. maybe post them on our, uh, the drag race Facebook page or, you know, we'll, fi- we'll figure out something for y'all, but that concludes another episode of RuPaul's drag race recap. Joe and I would like to thank our special guest Rodan for sitting in today. So, and you can find him at pod as my co-pilot, which is available on iTunes. So, and, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Rodan co-pilot on Facebook, right? Uh, yes, and okay. uh, Rodan PIMC on Twitter. Thank you. All right, I knew I was forgetting something. Follow us on Twitter at Drag Race Recap and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Drag Race Recap. Email us at our new email address, dragracerecap at gmail.com. Visit our webpage at dragrace.com where you can find all of our old episodes. Finally, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dragracerecap and donate a dollar, or as Joe says, one fucking dollar, to help keep the lights on at the show. So, for Joe Batance, Rodan the Latte Boy, and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to know what Taylor the Latte Boy is up to at all times? He has his own podcast called Pod Is My Co-Pilot, available on iTunes and at podismycopilot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at PIMCTaylor and also on Instagram at PIMCTaylor. I have another podcast called Catching Up. It's available on iTunes and at cupodcast.com. You can also catch me recapping RuPaul's Drag Race on One on One with Larry Flick on Sirius XM Radio every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105. Need to see what I'm eating? Follow me on Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B as in boy, E-T-A-N-C-E. And on Instagram at Joe Batance.